This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. In a unanimous vote yesterday, Toronto City Council approved a basket of measures designed to make things better for Zoomers. There's the creation of a new agency to manage the city-run seniors' buildings and the beefed-up new Vision Zero 2.0 plan. It allocated another $23 million to reduce cyclist and pedestrian deaths to zero. I think that's what they call a stretch goal. And that brings the total to $123 million for the Vision Zero plan. One of its initiatives is to reduce speed limits on a number of arterial roads across the city. And in a tragic twist of timing, just as council was about to vote yesterday, a pedestrian was struck and killed by a garbage truck. Uh, the victim is the 18th pedestrian to be killed in a collision in Toronto this year. And it happened in uh, Councillor Shelley Carroll's ward. And she joins us now, along with Gideon Foreman, Transportation Policy Analyst at the David Suzuki Foundation. Hello and welcome to you both. Thank Hello, you. Libby. Shelley, this incident, this tragic death really struck a chord with you. Tell, uh, tell us about that. Well, first of all, we were very focused on, you know, all of us were looking at our our ward maps and the roads that would be affected by the Vision Zero proposal. But for me, receiving that news that that the uh, uh, collision and and eventual uh, death had happened to a six-year-old woman really made me put myself in that place. Uh, that could just as easily have been me at Don Mills Road and, and Cliffwood. Um, you know, I'm pretty vital. I, I still have a job. My family relies on that. I, I have uh, young grandchildren and relatively young children who still rely on me to be a big part of the family. And that could be the, the, the case of yesterday's victim. And that snuffed out. And uh, it it really is the at the end of a, a line of fatalities over the last couple of years near there uh, at, at Finch and Skymark uh, within a few months of each other of a couple of other older, but but just as important to their families, uh, residents in our area. And we really know we have to act now to begin to really across the city bring about safer driving and, and pedestrian conditions. Do you know a little more about what exactly happened there? I gather that the garbage truck was turning left while she was crossing the street. Is is there anything you can add to that for us? Well, not at this time. Um, we don't know the exact ins and outs. And, and yes, it was the driver of a truck and he was uh, doing work for uh, for the city. But you know, it means that he's a person behind the wheel, like 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 so many others. It could have just as easily been a car as a truck. If you look at the at the the forty uh, uh, some odd uh, collisions that that resulted in death this year, and there are hundreds if we include serious injuries. And so, you know, what we know is where we have these busy six lane, six lane roads, but they're really more like neighborhood streets. A little neighborhood intersection like Cliffwood and Don Mills puts 
a very neighborhood field crosswalk, really in the way of danger, because currently that truck would have been just slowing down from a 60 kilometer an hour speed limit. And if he looked ahead and saw he had a little gap before a whole bunch of cars in the opposite direction were coming at 60 kilometers, you take it and you run a risk in that intersection. Slowing down the speed really, really changes the time and the ability to make judgments in intersections to keep each each other's cars safe from one another. That sometimes a collision is a car in a car or a truck in a car. But it, it especially changes the, the uh, conditions for the pedestrians in and around those roads. Okay, so one of the things that was decided yesterday was to reduce the speed on a lot of these arterial roads from 60 to 50. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring in Gideon Foreman at this point. Uh, a lot of safety advocates say, okay, 50 is better than 60, but, but at that rate of speed, a pedestrian who is struck is still likely to be very seriously injured or killed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's an important step. We applaud any movement to slow down cars to make it safer to walk and cycle, but we're not there yet. I mean, 50 is an improvement, but we would like to see it lower. And on lots of streets in the city, it is lower, and they're very safe. Uh, there are streets that are 40, and there are little local streets that are 30, and those are very safe for everyone, not least for drivers themselves. So that's the direction we need to be going in. Shelley, what are some of the things that you come up against when you're trying to reduce these speed limits? I mean, we have a situation with gridlock in the city. Uh, These are big arterial roads, and uh, I guess you come up against the drivers. Well, exactly. One thing is that you come up against politics. You know, if you went from 60 to 40 on some of these roads, um, Sure, there would be a, a bit of a political outcry, but what what was more important to me was the uh, the comment from staff that if you want to make a big change across a large swath of the city, you want you want buy in from from the greatest uh, possible number of residents and politicians, and so we're making this incremental change. But the main reason that they're recommending incremental change is if we go to a, a twenty kilometer drop all at once. In many cases, it just won't be complied with because the roads were originally designed for 60 kilometers. They're generous roads, and and cars have a tendency, even without intending to, to speed up simply because the design of, of the road accommodates it. And so compliance with 40 kilometers an hour right now would would probably not be there to a great percentage, and therefore we'd be setting up a new dangerous situation. And so I heard that loud and clear from staff. That if we want to, if we want to be somewhat uniform, we want to go across the city. I've got a big swath in my ward from Bayview at my western edge to Victoria Park. All of Finch Avenue will go down in speed. From the bottom of my ward at 401 all the way up to Seals, all of Don Mills Road will go down in speed. And that one will go first because of the tragedy yesterday. But that's a huge change for the, for the neighborhood. So what we want to work on is compliance, and we want to monitor it. And this is just Vision Zero 2.0. There will be a 3.0 at which we look at the stats and where we need to go further. Uh, 
I know that you have to get back to the city council meeting. Before you go, I, I do have one more question. So all of these changes, I mean, you said that lowering it to 40, there would be a problem with compliance. I say there's going to be a problem with compliance now. There's probably a problem with compliance even at 60. So yeah. uh, none of this works without enforcement. So does that extra $23 million buy us more enforcement? Because we also have limited resources when it comes to police. It does buy us some more enforcement. I we're losing you. We are asking right now that the province give us permission to go back to doing some photo radar. And where it was used in the 70s for things like highways, you'll see it being used for major arteries inside city courts. We, we have to get the compliance. And there's no reason not to use technology in this day and age because of this. Okay, so uh, Shelly, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we're uh, losing you there. So uh, we will let you get back to the city council meeting. And, and thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Libby. Okay. Uh, so before we continue this conversation with Gideon Foreman, I'd like to give the numbers out. I'd like to know what you think about the move to reduce uh, the speed on a lot of arterial roads, probably the ones that you use, to get around by 10 clicks an hour from 60 to 50. Do you think it should be more, or do you think this is just another way to get in the way of drivers? We definitely want to hear from you on this. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. That's the question. Is this a good idea? Is it a bad idea? And also, uh, as a pedestrian, what are some of your experiences? Is it getting easier to cross the street safely? Is it getting harder? Uh, I want to hear from you. And Gideon Foreman, what do you think of that explanation that by lowering the speed limits by only 10 kilometers an hour, we're more likely to get enforcement. I think that it's an important step, but I think we need a cultural shift. And over time, as people get used to a city that moves a little more safely, there'll be buy-in. We need a cultural shift. I mean, when I was a kid, people smoked on airplanes. They smoked in high schools. It's unthinkable now. And so I think in a similar way, we need to move people on this issue. We need to move the city in a, in a safer direction. And that means going a little more slowly. It's going to take a little bit of time, but I think there'll be buy-in for it, particularly as we're all pedestrians at certain times. And who are the most vulnerable? Our kids and our seniors. Well, but again, so are you saying that you agree with the recommendation to reduce it in a gradual way, or would you have liked to have seen it reduced more? We would have liked to see it reduced more because it would uh, save more lives. It's really as simple as that. What about this whole issue of compliance and enforcement? I think people will buy in. You know, we we uh, looked at some polling that was done last summer, and it asked drivers if they were in favor of lowering speed limits. And interestingly, even drivers, a majority of them support lower speed limits. So I think there is support for it in the city. It, clearly, we're moving in that direction. We just think we need to go a little bit further. And the tragedy we saw yesterday during council's debate is further proof that we need to go further. Okay, let's take a call from Rita in Mississauga. Hello, Rita. Oh, hi, Libby. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Fine, thanks. Um, I had a sister-in-law that was just recently killed in a small town in Ontario. Oh, that's by hit terrible. By hit-and-run drivers, a hit-and-run. 
I don't actually believe that lowering the speed limit on any of the streets is going to deter those people who really Okay, wait a minute, Rita. Rita, you've got to turn your radio down because we're getting an egg. I'm sorry about that. I thought I had it low enough. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. um, Anyway, I don't think that, uh, I think the people that are are not paying attention to their driving, I mean, when I come to a, a, a crosswalk, I swear to God, my heart goes in my throat when I, you have to make sure you look around or, you know, like you just can't be hitting pedestrians. And when they do, I think that what they should be looking at is the legal implication. These people should be losing their license for a year, six months to a year. There should be heavy fines or else have heavy fines put on them or even loss of points. I don't think that lowering the speed limit is not going to deter those people who are having lunch while they drive, reading the newspaper when they drive, smoking when they drive, whatever it happens to be. I think they actually have to do something more. Well, I think they have to take uh, it if, legally. If, if you hit somebody, uh, there are lots of consequences. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Libby, yeah. this will be for another show. But you should ask anybody. I will tell you when this court case that I have is over with this girl gets, all she probably has to say is, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm remorseful for what I did. I guarantee you she's not going to get anything. Who's, I'm trying who, to who are you referring to? You know, so but you know the what, person that that uh, that hit your sister-in-law. My sister-in-law, yeah, and she was hit beyond. It was unrecognizable. She was she was oh. uh, in a, in a parking lot. But but like I said, this isn't on a street. But it, like I said, I think the problem exists. Not not the people that are hitting people are just not paying attention. You have to really really pay attention, especially in the downtown core or some of the really busier cores. What has to happen is when you go to court, you don't get a happy judge saying, oh, ha, 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 you know, and off you go. No, you should be either fined, have your license taken from you for either six months to a year, or depending on the crime, depending on how hard you hit the person, maybe for a lifetime. But I, I don't think that this is going to deter people from hitting people. I honestly don't. Okay. Rita, thank you for your perspective. Oh, Appreciate you're it. You're welcome. Thanks, Libby. Okay. Take care. Let's Bye-bye. Hear, bye-bye. Let's hear from Warren in Scarborough. Hi, Warren. Uh, good morning. How are you? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, I think the onus is not only on the drivers, it's on the pedestrians to be a little more careful. I mean, if you can't see a bus or a streetcar or a garbage truck, you got a problem. And they're, they're not Well, if they're speed- turning left, it can be it can be difficult. Drivers every day that I'm on the road, drivers do crazy things. I mean, and it, in town, it's easy to really go slowly. I mean, I've got all kinds of people. They stop short, they make a U-turn. And, and you know, with the turning left situation, I, I have to say this, you know, uh, I hear complaints, drivers turn left on red lights. There are a lot of intersections where it's legal to make a turn, but there's no way to make a turn on a uh, a green light for sure. On a yellow light, even you can see the drivers coming straight. They they floor the gas and go through. So there is absolutely no way. So I think that one of the other things that should be done is that where there's a legal left turn, uh, make it so that people can make the left turn legally, and then they won't be making the left turn illegally. Does does that sound reasonable? That sounds reasonable, but uh, like I say, pedestrians have to be a little more careful. There's an incident this morning. I was traveling eastbound on Kingston Road. I stopped for a red light. I looked. There was a an elderly gentleman crossing the road with a walker. If you ever seen the old man on uh, Carol Burnett, what Tim Conway did, the way he shuffles, this guy was shuffling exactly the same way. So I thought, here he goes. He he 
He's crossing the uh, westbound lane, and he got to the boulevard. I said, good, he reached the boulevard because the light was just about to change. It changed, and he didn't even look up. He just kept walking. If it had been 10 or 15 seconds later, he would have been dead because well, the cars would have been going through the intersection. You know what? When, when, when I see a guy with a walker shuffling through the street, even if I have the right to go, I don't go. I think I think that that is definitely the responsibility of the driver. Though I'll tell you what my pet peeve is: when you see young people looking at their phones with headphones, not looking up, uh, and that that kind of drives me nuts. But you know, I think that we have to give a little bit of a you know a little bit little bit to somebody who's older and struggling to cross the street. Warren, thanks for your call. What's your take on well, that? Well, I mean, a yeah. lot of times pedestrians and cyclists are killed when they're following the letter of the law. They're crossing on yeah. a green, they're looking, and they're still killed. So, of course, we all need to keep our wits about us in a busy city, but there's a, there is a responsibility that a driver has. When you are piloting a craft that is motorized in a city, you have responsibilities, and you have to be very, very judicious judicious in following those responsibilities. Uh, I, and, exactly. And, and you have more responsibility. But but yes. I would say, I mean, I don't understand why a pedestrian would leave it to me in the driver's seat for their safety and, and you know, mm. with the devices, really. And the headphones, we, too. You don't hear what's going on. Uh, it's it's I mean, It can be very dangerous. For us, Libby, the, the key takeaway is there's always going to be make mistakes in a city. We have to make sure that they're not fatal. And we do that by making the city structurally safer, lowering speed limits, more sidewalks, more lights, protected bike lanes. So if there's a crash, it's not going to be fatal. Okay, let's hear from Robert in North York. Hi, Robert. I, I don't think it's got anything to do with speed. Like it's got everything to do with distracted driving. Prior to cell phones, if you looked at the numbers of people getting hit and killed by automobiles in this city, I mean, if, if they did a study, I bet you'd find it a lot less than it is now. Mm, you know, not, I'm... Then after cell phones, you've got the iPhones. So now you've got everybody texting. And I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it on the 401. I was, man was swerving around. I thought the guy was drunk. I pull up the side of him. No, he's texting. I think a lot of this has to do with distracted driving. And I don't, I don't know how high they can make the penalties, perhaps prison, like a drunk driver, before people finally get the message. Uh, pardon me for the. Uh, they have they have increased the penalties for for distracted sorry. driving for texting. Uh, I don't know if that's if, if I mean that has to yet to take hold. I guess well, Gideon. Distracted driving is illegal. Full stop. It's it's dangerous. It's foolish and it's illegal and it has to stop. I quite agree with your uh, your caller that it's a huge problem. It doesn't change the fact that we also need to lower speed limits. But distracted driving is another problem. Okay, Robert, thanks for that. Let's go to Maria here in Toronto. Hi, Maria. Hi, Libby. I'm not going to be a popular person because I agree with you. It's responsibility of me as a walk, crossing the road as well as a driver. We have to make sure that it's safe to, to, to cross. Even though I have a green light, I want to make sure that I catch a driver's eyes before I cross safely. But a lot of people, they just think that it's green light, so I have a right to go. So it's it's no matter how slow the car is going to go, it's going to still kill if the person is not safe crossing. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it just it just makes sense to yeah. to uh, to be safe because safe. drivers you know, like get I'm distracted. Cross, I'm like I say, I drive and I bike and I walk and I just make sure 
maybe one day I'm going to be killed by the by the. No, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> but I'm just make sure that I'm crossing safe. I'm, let me let me ask you this: since you bike and you drive and you walk. What is the most uh, stressful of those it's things? When I'm cr- when I'm turning, and some people just jump in front of me without re- without even seeing that I am turning just while you're driving. Take a, se- take a second longer and see before it's safe for you to cross. And I'm doing that myself. When I have a right to cross, I'm going to make sure that I have a driver eyes on me that he's seeing me that I want to cross, and he stops. So yeah, that's that's what I'm I'm saying. I thank you very much for that, Maria. Thank- I, I I agree with all that, and I agree that drivers have have more extra you know, responsibility. Extra responsibility, but I'm saying that part of it is going to be, and and we also have a lot of new kinds of intersections where a lot of people don't even know how you're supposed to turn legally, but I think there's a responsibility on the city. Make it so that people who are trying to make a legal turn can do so without having to do it illegally. Yes, we have to design a city that is safe from the get-go. Okay. Let us go to Darko in Mississauga. Hi, Darko. Yeah, it's everybody's collective responsibility. At a personal level, it's most dangerous if I'm not in a car for myself. right? Because, uh, you know, if I, if I get hit by a car, whether I'm cycling or walking, it's not going to be good for me. But then, you know, as a driver, i got to watch out for, for the people crossing the road. So I think it's, it's everybody has not to say, you know, cars, because they're more powerful, you have, you have more responsibility. Everybody has equal responsibility. Uh, and I, I, your last caller, I think she's making uh, a comment about, you know, making eye contact. I tell you, today, I, I would say 80% of the cars that, the glass is so tinted, you wouldn't even know if anybody's driving in the car. I don't eighty percent. I don't no, think so. so. I, I don't know what police officers do when they walk up to some cars because I'm driving around. I can't as a driver. I can't see the, the person's expression or face. I may see a shadow. I bet some cars it's so dark. Like I always thought there was a rule in the front windscreen that it was like ten percent uh, um, tinted, but it seems that the cars are are, are at least fifty percent. Uh, front window tinted, never to say nothing of the side windows, which are horrible. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, Darko, thanks for that. Thank you very much. Is that an issue, the tint? I'm not sure that's a, a major issue. The police need to be able to do their work, and if the tinting gets in the way of the police being able to do enforcement, that that is a problem. Um, but to your caller's point about equal responsibility, with all due respect, I don't agree. I think if you're driving a car, you have extra responsibilities. Uh, the law says that as well. And uh, and again, we when we lower speed limits, we make it safer for everyone, including for drivers. Well, you know what? I, I agree with you. My, my point about pedestrians, it's not that it's you know why would why would you trust a driver who may be distracted annoyed uh whatever you know with your own safety because regardless of who's right or wrong it's the pedestrian who's going to get hurt or, or the cyclist exactly yeah. okay let's hear from jane and markham hi jane hi there i was just wondering why don't they change the law and make it illegal to make a right hand turn right hand turn on red yeah. 
Uh, they do I, it in, in uh, Quebec, in Scotland anyways. It's illegal to make a right-hand turn. You have to make sure that uh, it, it's safe before the driver can go so all pedestrians can get across the road. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's well, it, it was illegal in Quebec when I lived there. I, I'm not sure is it, if it still is, Gideon, do you know? Well, I think it's a reasonable restriction. I mean, we need to make our streets safer for people who are walking and cycling and driving. And seems to me that that restriction on the red light is a reasonable one. And if it incentivizes people walking and cycling, it seems to me that it makes sense in, in a society that needs to give people alternatives to the car. You know, that's what a lot of this discussion is about. We need to give people alternatives so they can leave the car at home more and walk and cycle and take transit safely. But why wouldn't the government look at maybe making that change as opposed to, you know, slowing cars down? I, I believe, you know, putting the law to, to slow the cars down is good, but they don't all adhere to it. Well, you know what? I've, I've never even heard that floated uh, here in Toronto or in Ontario, to be honest. Uh, I, I think it would cause a hue and cry from drivers. It's all quite political. But you know what? Next time we talk about it, I'll ask. Look, the okay. last thing on earth that a driver wants is to hit somebody. So yeah. I think there would actually be some buy-in from drivers. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's a good idea. Okay, Jane. We'll, we'll tell them it's your idea, Jane and Markham. Very much. <laughs> okay, thanks for that. Bye. Oh, bye-bye. We've got Vanessa in Whitby. Hi, Vanessa. Oh, hi. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. I just phoned you about, I mean, I, I agree with the, you know, the... Uh, Speed limit down to 40 might help something. But I've had two incidents in the last maybe two days. I've just had a bike rider fly through the red light. He was beside me, and I'm sitting at a red light. And he didn't even look. He's coming up the side, and he just flies through the red light. And stop now, signs. I'm sorry? And, and they fly through stop signs pretty often as well. I know. And then they wonder why they're hit. It just, it just kills me. And then, but then they, then they're saying, oh, the drivers have to be careful. Well, well, we're really trying to be, but when the bike riders do that, the other day I had, I call him Spider-Man. He rides along Dundas on his surfboard or skateboard and he's can't get by the side because the construction and he come up the side on my driver's side flying down the street hits the pothole smashes into my car and his skateboard flies up and smashes my car my car's two weeks old he looks at me like it's my when did that happen i'm sorry when did that happen a few couple of weeks ago and I'm at a red light. Like, I'm, st- I'm sorry, I don't know if it's a red light, but I was stopped because the traffic was stopped. And he looks at me and I said, oh, my God. And he goes, well, you seen me hit a pothole, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Took a skateboard and took off. I had to I have to pay to fix my car now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, just, yep. I don't know. Yeah. Vanessa, thanks. thanks for that. Yeah, all all kinds of things. I mean, you just, uh, I mean, even other cars, I find big four by fours do all kinds of wacky things. Lately, I've had quite a few drivers who want to change direction. They're in the right lane. I'm in the left. Suddenly, they're turning left from the right lane. Yeah, there's some terrible driving in this city and people need to follow the rules. We all do. The cyclists do and the, and the drivers do as well. Uh, 
when the drivers don't follow the rules, often, though, the consequences are fatal. Exactly. So uh, just before we wrap this up, Gideon, your reaction about this basket, do you think that Vision Zero 2.0 is going to work any better than the original version of it and, and why? I think it's a good step. It's going to take us in the direction we want to go. We are lowering speed limits. They're making uh, some traffic calming measures, which is good. They're going to put up more lights, more signal traffic crossings. That's all good. But um, I've talked to people who've been terribly injured in these uh, collisions. And when you speak to these people, you see it up close. And they're saying we need to go further in lowering the speed limits. And I agree. Okay. Gideon Foreman of the David Suzuki Foundation, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, this is a big issue. We talk about it all too often here, often spurred by a, a tragic, tragic incident like the one yesterday. Uh, I No words. So uh, thank you for joining us. And thank people, you. Uh, I, I hope we don't have to talk about this for quite a while. Well put. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.